Talk about swinging, breaking ball. I'm trying to go harder than I ever win. And Chapman comes in and dominates. That's a high drop. First episode of season three of the Sultan of SWAT podcast. Um, I am your host, and this is some housekeeping uh, to go over a few things that have happened since last I spoke to all of you. Uh, we ended last season, season two, which was Rich Corey Yanks. Um, under some bad terms, as the Yankees were eliminated once again uh, this year in the wild card round of the playoffs, and we'll get to that. But first, some housekeeping before we get back to basics and start and tell you about the show and what we're going to do going forward this year. Um, ended the season prematurely last year, some personal reasons, some stuff going on. Nobody else's fault but my own. Going to try to change it up a little bit this year and not stick to a weekly schedule. But yet, drop episodes when I have enough content to talk about or I think it's relevant. So I do not want the show to interrupt my enjoyment of actually watching the games and enjoying the Yankees. And that's what happened last year. So I apologize for ending the season early. It will not happen again. I will be with you from uh, beginning to end. Uh, I'll start dropping some periodic episodes. Obviously, uh, as things start to happen with the winter meetings, free agency, uh, potentially a lockout, and we'll get to that in a little bit as well. But to give you some basic stuff, we're going to change the name of the show um, every year, kind of Yankee-related. We started with the Highlanders podcast, Season 1, Rich Koryank, Season 2, and this year, to honor Babe Ruth, the third season of the podcast, The Sultan of Swap Podcast. But uh, if you're already a subscriber, it will be updated and everything will be saved in your... A link already, so you won't have to do anything on your end on your podcast provider. Wherever you get the podcast from, it should automatically update. That being said, uh, some socials. Uh, it's what you would think as far as the socials are concerned. Facebook, the Salt and the Swap podcast. If you had it saved under the old Rich Yanks, it's still there. Instagram, Salt and the Swap podcast as well. On Twitter, a little bit different because of the shortness of the name. It is Sultan of SWATcast on the Twitter, and that is the social media. And the email address, the Sultan of SWAT Podcast at gmail.com. If you have any questions, comments, insults, uh, derogatory statements about me ending the season early last year, please feel free to send all those my way. And uh, I will choose to either get back to you or not get back to you or make fun of you on the show in further episodes. So uh, the format of the show this year is going to be pretty similar to last year. Um, I'm going to share some audio clips. We're going to discuss what's going on in the world of the Yankees. Um, I'm hoping to have a few guests on this year as far as some people from some other teams, uh, good baseball people, good baseball fans, uh, people that are knowledgeable to uh, debate some issues with me. So I'm looking forward to that later on in the year. But here we go. Season three of the show. We'll be back right after this uh, with some words from Brian Cashman about the way that the season ended last year for the Yanks. Welcome back, folks.
say might be my toughest. You know, every year you come through and have some, you know, successes and failures, and you kind of you, you do your debits and credits at the end of the year. Uh, but this particular year, I feel like, uh, and maybe it's not the case, but I believe it is. I, it was my toughest year trying to understand, and I, I, I think I speak for us all in the operation, whether you're in the front office, on the field staff, and including the players, because I've had a lot of touch points with our players. Uh, personnel too over the coming last month uh, including through yesterday and we'll continue uh, to try to figure out what ails us but there was it, it was somewhat of a, a Jekyll Hyde um, it was you know at times looked unstoppable but many other times unwatchable um, you know because of the the, the streakiness and uh, the lack of consistency and trying to unpack that, trying to solve that on the run, uh, clearly was able to get get to a wild card berth in a 92 win season. But certainly that's not what we're about. Um, so ultimately, you know, uh, back at it again. But that all falls on my responsibility to figure out, you know, uh, you know where I went wrong. And uh, I certainly have certain categories that. You know, I'll say this in a blanket statement. Um, you know, we will be open-minded to everything and anything on this roster, as we should be. Um, and uh, I'll consider, you know, I don't know what our budget's going to be financially yet. I haven't gotten that from our ownership, who's obviously been very dedicated and trying to put the best team on the field possible. But there's certain things that really were, you know, head-scratching and, and uh, frustrating. And, and uh, you know, there again, as I said, there that all of that falls on my responsibility. And so I'm going to be looking to upgrade. As I always do, you want to make sure your strengths remain your strengths and attack your areas of weakness. But there's certainly, uh, after this 2021 season, there are some areas of weakness that, that have popped up in a lot of categories that did not exist prior to this year. And, and so, uh, you know, we got to really, you know, determine whether those are... Um, systemic or if they are obviously aberrations and then also take here's the biggest key is take go to the marketplace whether it's the free agent marketplace with the available dollars we have uh, before us uh, measured with the current commitments or go to the trade market and see how we can solve that with what's available in the marketplace and uh, you know hopefully you know obviously there'll be some legitimate choices to reconfigure in certain categories and we and and if we can you know I'll be in a better position to to provide Aaron Boone with uh, you know uh, maybe a more flexible roster um, that he can go to war with. All right, gang, so that was the boss, Brian Cashman, talking about uh, a little bit of his disappointments, how disappointed he was at the way the season ended this year. And uh, if you're a Yankee fan, you were disappointed as well. Another year of uh, mediocre up and down roller coaster season of injuries and ups and downs play wise. And another year of being ousted in the playoffs this year by our favorite, favorite team up north, the Boston Red Sox. Um, all right, let's go over a few things real, real quick. Um, you know, looking at this roster of the team, we'll talk about some of the, the minor roster moves that were already made this year, this week, I should say, to get the Yanks down to the 40-man roster and who they could protect and who they couldn't protect. Um, I guess we should talk about that first. Biggest news, Clint Frazier, uh, Ruggio Dor, and Tyler Wade were left unprotected. Um, Tyler Wade 
after he was designated for Asaya, has since been traded to the Angels for essentially uh, money and a player to be named later. Essentially letting you know that out of those three players, he was the only one that had any value whatsoever as far as other teams are concerned. Not saying that these guys didn't have value. I think Wade uh, really came on finally. Um, after his long tenure up and down with the Yankees of actually starting to perform pretty well uh, this past season. It was a very decent utility player and added a spark quite quite, uh, quite often for us uh, later on in late game situations with his speed and his defense being able to play multiple positions. And his bat started to come around too. Uh, will he be missed? Probably not. Let's be honest. Sparky player. Great, I guess, uh, uh, good attitude guy, but... He is what he is. Um, was barely a major league player. Um, probably a a 4A player, if you could say that, high AAA player. But essentially, um, the big news is that Frazier was essentially after he's designated for assignment was released, and so was Odor. Frazier. I, I mean, let's be honest. This was just a situation where it just didn't work out. Uh, if you listen to some of the old episodes, I more than anybody was super excited to see what he would do with uh, with steady at bats. I was really excited about what the potential he had with his speed. His defense really improved. Um, he's just snake bit. You know, I couldn't use it. He's health issues, headache issues, running into wall issues, uh, things that weren't necessarily in his control, changing his batting stance. I still think he can be a quality ball player for somebody. I just, it's just one of those things where it just didn't work out here in New York. Um, he had 2.1 million on his contract that he would have been up for eligibility, and I can understand the Yanks letting him go. Odor is another story. Odor was a fantastic spark plug. He gave this team a lot of energy, a lot of excitement when they needed it most. You know, he was the guy first out of the off the bench when there's a big hit or a big home run. Odor was great. He was perfect, and he was free. So I am a little surprised that they're not going to bring him back at least with an offer uh, to come to spring training because essentially the Rangers were still paying the salary. Um, Twelve million dollars would be left on his deal this coming year. The Rangers are responsible for most of that outside of, uh, I think, $3 million or so. Long story short, he had nowhere to play. That's what it boils down to. You saw this team, the way it worked out here at the end of the year, and he was on the bench because there was nowhere for him to play. So he's not good enough at all the other positions to be that 26th man on the roster as far as uh, a utility player. So we'll, you know, who did they protect? The, the Yankees chose to protect a lot of these young players. You know, we're going to talk about what they can do going forward and people that they could may possibly be looking to do uh, to make moves towards a shortstop. Will they, won't they? So on and so on. But uh, they protected a lot of these young players, these infielders, guys that they did not want to leave unprotected for the Rule 5 draft. So um, that was the big news. Frazier gone. Wade's an angel. And Odor's gone as well. So the Yankees making some roster moves this week to get under the 40. And it is what it is. So uh, now we have lots of questions as far as the Yankees are concerned about what they're going to do. You know what? Let me take that back. We don't have lots of questions. We have a few questions, you know, um, mainly on the infield and how that's going to play out. The outfield, we know what the outfield is going to be, assuming Hicks can come back healthy, which is a big if considering his injury career. But essentially, he's playing winter ball. So essentially, that means he's playing ball. So he should be ready for spring training and opening day. Assuming he can stay healthy, you have your outfielders there of, you know, Stanton isn't going anywhere. Uh, will he be your everyday left fielder? I don't think so. I clearly think they're going to have to add another outfielder. Judge isn't right. Hicks isn't center. Um, you have the DH spot, which I think they're going to use. Look, I, I think he performed very well in the outfield, Stanton that is. I think uh, they'll go to that more this coming year. 
but they're going to give him some time at DH. That's just the way it's going to be. They're going to try to save his knee. Plus, you need, you know, a judge being a big guy and Hicks with his injuries. Injuries, you're going to need DH spots for all those guys. So, who will be that fourth outfielder will be the question. Um, is this year that uh, uh, Esteban Florio makes a big jump up? Um, or will it be somebody else in the minors? That they, or they, will they bring in a veteran? Which is what I think they'll do. I think they'll bring in another veteran outfielder to be that fourth outfielder um, to, to stay these guys as far as us concerned. You actually will probably, if you're going to use Stanton as your everyday DH, you're going to need two outfielders. But that remains to be seen. So the real question that we're talking about is infield and what they're going to do at shortstop. Um, I think they've pretty much established that um, you're going to move Glaber back to second. He performed well there. And Geo is set at third base. Now you have Luke Voigt still under contract at first base. Uh, Rizzo, who is a one-year deal, who's a rental, is a free agent. Do they try to re-sign him? I'm hearing a lot about Olsen in Oakland. It is what it is. Worst case scenario, if they do not get a first baseman, Voigt would be your first baseman. The question is, who's going to be your shortstop? And what do you do with DJ LeMayhew? Um, I think the plan right now would be to sign a shortstop or I, I see this is this is what I think they're going to do I think they know they've got kids down in the minors that will be uh, a year maybe two years away at shortstop I could see them bringing in a one-year stop cap a veteran shortstop I I am of the thought that they're not going to make one a play for one of these big shortstops Correa story I don't think they're going to go for any of them I think they know that they've got these kids underneath them. It doesn't make sense to sign one of these shortstops to a big uh, free agent deal. That's going to create a logjam at shortstop when you have these kids ready to come up. So I can see them signing uh, a veteran guy for a one-year deal um, and then move DJ Mayhew. If Voight doesn't work out or he's unhappy, could play first base. If they end up keeping Voight or do not sign another first baseman, DJ becomes that utility guy. Now, I know a lot of people are saying, oh, DJ's got to play. DJ's got to play. DJ's going to play. You know, he was originally brought in to do just this. He's going to play five days a week. He's going to play second base one day. He's going to play first base one day. He's going to play third base one day. He's going to get his at-bats. That's not a problem. Plus, you know, with injuries, it's always going to happen. And let's not forget, I love DJ. I think he's a great player. Um, I think he's great defensively. He was a dog offensively last year, and we have to come to grips with that. He was awful abysmal at the plate so hopefully maybe with him suddenly into a, a more routine role um that will change looks like they're going to stay with gary sanchez behind the plate at least for another year they'll go with him and higgy for one more go at it and uh the pitching staff looks pretty solid as well sevy should be back ready to go in the starting rotation that gives you cole and sevy up front with montgomery and jameson tyon and domingo Roman. that's five quality arms right there with a couple guys that are close uh, on the brink there. So we always know how that works. You always need more than that. So um, I didn't want this to be a long episode. I don't want to rant. I just wanted to get something back out there to let you know that I am back. The show is back. I'm going to continue to bring some stuff. We'll start breaking down some news as it happens. We all know the impending lockout pretty much sounds like it is going to happen after December 1st. Uh, So any big giant moves that the Yankees need to make would need to be made before then, which is why I don't think they're going to. Um, I think you're going into this this season pretty much with the team that you have there outside of uh, a shortstop, and I think that'll be a veteran shortstop that gets brought in for a one one year deal with a with a one year option. And I think if they can't make a huge deal right away for a first baseman like Voit or re-sign Rizzo, I, mean, I shouldn't say Voit with uh, Olson. Um, 
they're just going to go avoid it for a space and that'll be it so um some questions for sure but not a ton of questions you know this team is essentially going to run it back you know aaron boone brought back as the manager lost a few coaches phil nevin takes a takes a walk they bring back uh you know the majority of the 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 coaches outside of the hitting coach matt blake comes back uh third base coach comes over from the mets will be louis soho um Louis, Louis Soho, I said. Louis Rojas will come over. He'll be the third base coach. So a few changes in the coaching ranks. And again, this is big picture stuff we're talking about now. I'm going to get more in detail as we get into the regular format of the show. I just wanted to address a few key topics right here as we get back into the swing of things with uh, what's going on in the Yankee universe um, and as a, the show is concerned. So I will be back when there's something to be back about or if I have something to break down. Um, again, not going to be a regularly scheduled day. It is just going to drop when there's something to drop. I, listen, I listen to Yankee shows, Yankee radio shows, Yankee podcasts as well. There's a kajillion of them out there. There's kids, there's girls, there's guys, there's teams, there's ex-celebrities, there's tons of people doing it. I do the show because it gives me a reason. It gives me an excuse to vent about the Yankees. Um, gives me an excuse to talk. Gives me an excuse to get some of my thoughts out. Um, if you listen and you enjoy it, that's great. If you don't, that's okay too. Um, if it's just going out, bouncing in the air to the universe and no one is listening, that's okay too. I get it off of my chest. So to the people that do subscribe, I apologize for going away last year. Um, I'm happy and thank you for supporting the show. I do appreciate it. I do see the numbers every week. So for those of you that enjoy it and uh, will give me another shot this season, I say thank you. And I will talk to you uh, very soon, guys. Thank you. Salt and the Swap Podcast, signing off.